just a few weeks, we will be releasing the 100th episode of Pickles and Vodka, and we could not be more excited about it. Yeah, and in honor of this milestone, we, we being your lovely co-hosts, want to make an extra special episode, but first, we have a favor to ask from you, you being the collective you that put up with us. The hot and spicy pickles themselves. Yeah, we want to hear from you. Basically, how pickles and vodka has changed your life, or at least made you smile. We want to know how you discovered the podcast, stuff we've made you think about, your favorite episodes or guests. Lauren, you don't count even though you're a former guest, because you're a co-host, <laughs> sorry. Um, topics you want to hear about in the future. So Lauren, if they want to tell us how awesome we are, how can they do that? You can go to anchor.fm slash pickles and vodka and click message. Or you can send us a DM on Instagram. And while you're at it, you should follow Pico Suave with Suave misspelled because my dog is awesome. Oh my awesome. God, stop. We don't have time for Pico <laughs> in this promo. I can never stop I hate to say Pico. it. I hate to say it. Okay, yes. <laughs> D- DM us on Instagram. It is at pickles and vodka podcast. All one word. And record as many one-minute voicemails as you want. Yes, leave us all the voicemails. Again, just what Pickles and Vodka has meant to you and any notes you have for us. So how long, Lauren, do they have to send in their thoughts? Because we love a deadline. Yes, and the way we figure it, our 100th episode is coming out on October 17th. So unless, you know, one of us has to go into witness protection, that gets delayed. Witness protection or the psych ward. (laughs) Or that. (laughs) You can send in the voicemails up to October 14th in order to be included. Yeah, you have until October 14th to send us your thoughts on the podcast for our 100 episode extravaganza. It's going to be so much fun. And we cannot wait to hear from all of you. Speaking of fun, should we get into the super fun episode? Oh, the actual episode, you mean? Yeah, that would probably be smart. (laughs) Um, Again, everyone, you can send in voicemails on our website, anchor.fm slash pickles and vodka, or you can DM us on Instagram at pickles and vodka podcast, and we'll play them on our 100th episode on October 17th. And we'll play this little promo before all the next episodes up to the 100th, so you have plenty of time to hear us and be annoyed. We're going to annoy you, but it'll be worth it. All right, here's the show. Every time that someone was out of the room for more than like five minutes, then I was like vaping like a fiend. (laughs) (laughs) Not me vaping the whole time you're telling this terrible story. (laughs) Um, hello, friends. Hello. It is... (laughs) A bonus episode of Pickles and Vodka, the mental health podcast where imperfect people have imperfect conversations. I'm Christina. After imperfect weekends. This is Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the reason we're having a bonus episode is because... Why don't you say uh, that? I, I know. I, I mean, I'm excited about this and I know I wanted to really do it, but I'm also really nervous because... I spent last Saturday night through Monday afternoon in psych ER and psych ward. I wanted to differentiate those two because one was a million times more horrible. (laughs) Yeah. So basically this episode is just for us to unpack what happened and let y'all know because we want to be transparent on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds like we all have our shit together, but we don't. We're (laughs) very (laughs) fucked up people who go through fucked up shit. And Lauren, it sounds like you had a really fucked up weekend. Yeah. So what led up to this, I guess? Yeah, I'll, I'll just give kind of the recap that I had to give a billion times that night. I feel like in the past week in general, it's just kind of been like harder dealing with the depression that I normally do. It feels like it's been hitting harder, just leaving me feeling more empty. And Saturday just happened to be particularly difficult. I kind of gave myself some credit because I feel like I really was actually trying to help myself, which a lot of times when you feel that low, then you're just kind of like, well, fine, I'm just going to lay in bed and stare at the ceiling because I can't do anything. Yeah. First, I hadn't played my piano for a long time. And I was like, well, maybe I should do that because that sometimes makes me feel better. gives me a little bit fulfilling. And I played until I just kind of like was getting bored with it. And so I was like, I don't think that's really working because I'm really just kind of getting bored. Then I was thinking, well, how about I take a shower? Because at least you feel better physically, so maybe that'll help. And really no difference. And then by the time night came, I think I, I felt like if I could just... I don't know. I think in the end what I just felt like is if 
I could just have somebody, it felt really important to have someone not just to talk to, but face to face. And I think that's maybe what was feeling so bad is I am isolated and alone a lot of the time. And so I just thought if I could really just sit down with someone for an hour, I think that would help my mental well-being at this moment. And so I tried to text people and message people. I tried five friends and all of them had excuses. I mean, that's happened to me too. It's just not fun. And, you know, people do have stuff going on, like they're busy. And also, did, did you straight up tell them like, hey, I'm struggling, I need to talk? I did. I mean, not so much, I think, in the beginning, but when I was like getting to more and more people, then I was just feeling like, I need you to see how I'm kind of desperate right now for this. And like, I'm not in a good place. First of all, I'm really proud of you for reaching out. That's very hard to do. And Mm -hmm. I can also relate to the fact that sometimes nothing helps. Like sometimes you do try to do all the things and you still feel worse than ever. That's just reality sometimes. Yeah, I think that was another big part of it too, is yeah, I don't usually respond like in... A healthy way like that and I felt like here I am desperately trying to get what I need in the right way and I'm still not it was just kind of yeah that felt like the extra slap in the face like well it is. why do I even do this so at one point I made a comment to one of the friends and I feel like it was probably more to just like show in hope that she understood like what a bad spot I was in Mm -hmm. um, where I said that I had counted the the medications that I had at home to see if I had enough for an overdose. And I did not say that I planned to take it because I was not actually planning to. It was just, I think a kind of like, I don't know, a sad, sick sort of comfort just knowing it was there. Yeah. I guess that. That was really, yeah, that was really what I was going for. She might not have even realized specifically that I was not planning it and just, you know, saw the comment. Also, uh, she herself works as a therapist. I believe. Yeah, I believe she mainly counsels like adolescents. Ooh, yeah. So she's going to do something. Yeah. So she apparently um, called another friend and got my address. And that was right as this other friend was sending me a text message saying, do you know why so-and-so is asking for your home address? It was just, it was literally like five seconds after that, there was a knock on the door and that's when I was like, oh my God. And yeah, the, she called the cops Holy to shit. come and see if I was safe. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how to respond to that. Yeah. Like, well, first of all, what is it like when that happens? Like what were you feeling at the time when you heard that knock? I answered the door and saw them both there. And I'm sure this would not help my case of not wanting them to take me in because I immediately was shaking and crying at one point, you know, I just kind of like sank against the wall to the floor and was talking to them while trying to like keep myself as calm as I could. As calm as you can be in that situation, which it's not exactly a situation that you stay calm through. Especially, like, that is my first time with anything like that happening. That was going to be my next question. Like, has anything like this happened to you before? No. So, yeah, it's just, you know, I was kind of like, oh, my God, what? How did it get like this? So what did they say to you? I explained the story. I told them, you know, what was going on. And, like, because I kept begging. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm. not going to do anything to myself. I can stay home. You know, like you don't need to take me anywhere. And I could see them constantly like giving each other side eyes like, oh, you know, she's, she's hysterical, but she's sound, she's putting together thoughts. So can we do this or should we not? You know, that's our response. And I hate to say it. And congratulations, Pickles and Vodka listeners, because there are very few people I told this part, but if I'm being completely honest, I was very much on the fence as far as if I felt like my mental state required them taking me in or not. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I feel like no matter how much of a shitty situation we're in mentally, like we could be on the verge of doing something drastic and still feel like we don't have a problem. Oh, absolutely. I was just about to kind of lean towards, I think I'd rather not deal with this mess and stay here. And then... It was just like suddenly it entered into my brain. What do I think that I'm going to do? I mean, I don't think I'm going to try and kill myself if I stay here, but I do think I'll use some unhealthy coping mechanism. And I just was like, I think I will probably 
stay here, have a couple more drinks, and probably binge my brains out. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that terrified me the most. So it almost felt like I was keeping myself safe from that by saying, okay, I'll go. Wow. Yeah. That's not an easy decision to make. Mm-mm. Like you could always turn back at any point. Like when you ask for help or, you know, in your case, when help is kind of asked for you. Yeah. <laughs> like there's still many points where you can be like, um, JK, I'm good. But then that's quietly self-destruct in peace. So I'm, I'm glad that you did. You, you were able to recognize what would happen if you didn't. Mm-hmm. But like still, it couldn't have been easy. No, and speaking of regrets, as we just did for an hour, <laughs> yeah, I did regret that decision a lot in the next time because, I don't know, some of it I did feel like I should have just like taken the shitty parts that I didn't want to experience. It would have been worth it to not have had to go through all of what I did. Well, well so tell us what happened as best as you can, and then we can unpack like your feelings about it. Sure. And I copied down a lot of things because I, when I came home, I immediately read all of my patient notes, which is super fun. I want to tell you. <laughs> I can imagine. Also, I would have done the same thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, but I did then, you know, like take some notes from that. So I would know what order things went in when I was where. I think I've just like spit out some words that didn't necessarily make a sentence there. Um. <laughs> that's what this episode is for, to just unpack what happened and be vulnerable about it. So I came in at 8.30. First, I sat there over the course of two hours or three hours. Is this where, the ER? Yeah. Okay. But this is like the initial, like you come in, they do triage on you. Okay. Okay. And then I still had all of my stuff. So first of all, every time that someone was out of the room for more than like five minutes, then I was like vaping like a fiend. <laughs> <laughs> Not me vaping the whole time you're telling this terrible story. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like texting people like crazy. And they first thing they had me like change into their their scrubs in the their infamous grippy socks. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we love the grippy yes. socks. It was taking forever. And at that point, you know, like I was I was calming down and I was feeling more. I was just like, dude, I, even the other stuff that I was afraid of. I'm like, I'm getting so exhausted here. I think I could just go home take my dog out and crash and deal with it in the morning. So I actually twice I tried to change back into my clothes and leave. The first time somebody pops in like right after I changed into everything and is like, what do you think you're doing? I was like, well, I was hoping to get out of here. It's like, why don't you put those clothes back on? (sighs) Okay. (laughs) And then later um, I actually did change back into everything and saw like okay they're looking that way they're busy on their computer stuff and I just kind of like snuck behind them and I went to the door and I was like fuck it's locked oh my <laughs> so, god yeah it just sounds like a nightmare scenario where you're a prisoner and you're just stuck in limbo for hours Mm-hmm. and that isn't even the worst because the last thing that they did is you know they had a psychiatrist talk to me and I felt at that point like I would probably get to go home Like I said, I was being very calm. I was explaining the whole story. I think they even described, yes, the the description was stable, calm, collected. Love that for you. Yes. So stable. (laughs) Yes. And they have a few things that they, they quote me on saying like, I can get through the day, but I'm not loving life. True. Said, I wish that I had enough pills to OD. Wrong. But (laughs) that was not actually what I said, but okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> I also made a note that they kept spelling bulimia wrong. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> they spelled it B-U-L-E-M-I-A. <laughs> what? I was like, great, I trust my medical professionals. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, in the end, they decided that they wanted to admit me to their psych hospital. And how many hours had you been in triage at this point? Um, About four. <sighs> Or, well, I guess more, but it was kind of like, I was starting to move from triage to other waiting areas. So It's all the same in the end. Yeah, and so the last thing is that they have a specific psych hospital, uh, like next door to their main one. And I would go there, but they didn't have a bed yet. So where you wait for a bed is a kind of like behavioral health area of the ER, like you're considered, I guess, waiting in the ER. Yep, I've been there. 
I kept referring to it as either my holding cell or solitary confinement. Yeah. Well, in in the voicemail that you left me where you proposed making this episode, you Mm -hmm. you mentioned feeling like a child or like they they treat you like you're incapacitated and all you're doing is just asking for help, but then they treat you even worse. Yeah, because this is is probably the part that had the most effect on me. I probably was, I was there longer than I was on the psych hospital. They transferred me there at 1230 that night. And I was there until the next night, like 2.30 in the morning. So I was there over 24 hours. What the fuck? Uh Uh-huh. How is that legal? I know. (laughs) If you weren't suicidal going in, you know, that'll do it. (laughs) Exactly. That was actually one of the biggest observations that I had afterwards. I was like, I feel like they've got a camera in the room. And everything is locked and you have nothing in that room. So you're almost certainly not going to be able to hurt yourself. So it's like, I felt like they are going to keep you safe. That is true. But in the meantime, they want to keep you feeling every bit as suicidal as when you came in. So when you're ready to transfer, you can still be like, this is how I felt. Kind of like I do now. Yeah. It's, it's a nightmare. Yeah. There were multiple times when I was in there thinking in the past, you know, week, year, decade, whatever, I have not felt so much like I've wanted to die as I do right now in this room. Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Yeah, and at that point, they've passed you off. You do not see any professionals at that point. You see techs that are just taking care of your basic needs and don't really have a say in your treatment at all. Yeah, They're they just... don't give a shit, necessarily. It's pretty much, at least the main one that I had that I ran into, that I butted heads with. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know there's some people who really do care about patients in this capacity, but also they're stretched super thin. Mm-hmm. And, at, like, at this point, are you in the care of law enforcement or the hospital? Um, Because the line kind of blurs. And that's another yeah. thing we could talk about on future episodes is just how fucked up the system is in yeah. that regard. Yeah, I'm not totally sure because I know, like, that's when I was trying to, like, talk to somebody. Then that's what I kept getting is, you've already been admitted to the psych hospital. You know, we can't do anything until you, that's, that's your next step. Like, so you're in the care of the psych hospital, but they don't have a bed for you yet. You're just kind of waiting. Right. And everyone is, the feeling that I would get that I have felt in the past is like, I'm a problem and no one wants to take care of me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which is not what you want to feel like when you're fucking suicidal to begin with or like mm-hmm. on the verge. To kind of illustrate like how little they seem to care what you do as long as, as like I said, as long as you don't hurt yourself. I spent the entire time... As you know, I spent a full day there in a dark room because I didn't realize there was a light. Wow. No one stops by when uh, when they pass by and see like at noon that I'm sitting on my bed and in the dark and are like, do you need the light on? Because there was, they have to turn, apparently they have to turn your light on. I don't know. They go in some some special room. I'm trying to picture the room where you were in for fucking 24 hours. So like, were you... There was a bed. Just imagine a smallish apartment size bedroom. Okay. And there is polished stone sort of floor or whatever, you know, and plain walls. There is a plain twin bed, hospital standard, in the middle. There is a little bed table next to it that is made out of like hard plastic. And there is an emergency call button on the wall. And that is it. You don't have any books, phone, nothing? Nope. What the fuck? Yeah. Reading over my notes, I know some of some of the amusing things is um, where they say, like, patient is sitting on the ground. And I was like, I know. I remember when I did that because all I'd done is lay on the bed and sit on the bed. And I was like, I got to do something else. Yeah. Let me <laughs> let me migrate to the ground. just to Yeah. And then I up. just ended up stretching because I was like, well, that's something to do. Yeah. I have nothing. My only entertainment is what I can do with my own body. So, yeah, let's stretch. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine like I, I've been in a holding cell quote-unquote like that for 12 mm-hmm. hours that's the longest that I've that been is long, and, and I had a friend with me so oh it was a very different situation and I, I'm yeah. just like uh, terrified thinking of of you going through that mm-hmm. and another one they said patient is pacing around the room and I remember that too because that's around like eight o'clock that night and I was starting to think I've done nothing all day and good God, can I please at least sleep 
and use yeah. some time doing that. So I was trying to wear myself out so I'd sleep. Makes sense. What else are you uh-huh. supposed to do? Uh-huh. <laughs> they didn't give you, like, periodic updates or anything like that? Nope. In fact, I guess the person that brought me into that area, I was told later, was probably misinformed and realized I had actually been admitted to the psych hospital because they brought me over saying, you know, I was really worried already about um, my animals, of course, right. being home. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. There's a big scene about oh my that. God. And so, you know, she was seeing that, yeah, I seemed like calm and in control and everything. She's like, if, if you do everything, you know, they, they say and everything goes well. She's like, I could see you being released by noon tomorrow. And I was like, okay, I can deal with that. But then when it got to be like three or four, that's when I was starting to panic. Yeah. And it's funny because they take your vitals often throughout the day. And I know like that time when a tech came by to take my vitals, <laughs> I was already like getting super worried about this. And I was actually starting to ask her, like, they told me like, we'd be able to take care of my animals and I don't even know when I'm getting out. And, you know, I'm starting to freak out. And <laughs> when I see it later, it's really obvious because it's like my blood pressure jumped like 50 points. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that doesn't surprise me because you're worried about your babies. I was like, wow, it really is directly affected to how you feel because. I was suddenly freaking out and there it goes. (laughs) Did they give you the option to make any calls? Well, yeah. So this is the, um, like the tech that I said did not really give a shit. She just wanted to, yeah, pass me on to someone else. And she was the one that specifically was saying a lot, like, you you can't leave. There's nothing you can do until you, we find a bed for you. So you just, that's, this is, that's your next step. You just have to stay here until that happens. There's nothing we can do. At this point, Pico and Meatball had been at home for almost 24 hours. Yeah, they're probably they, freaking out too. Yeah, that's what I was like. They've missed a couple meals. They drink out of the same water bowl, so it goes faster. So I'm sure they had no water. They're scared they're confused pico's probably pissed and shit all over my floor (laughs) so yeah because that was my main argument with this woman i know this is like sad the the circumstance but i just get a kick out of thinking of myself saying this to her is finally i just like yelled at her i was like well obviously you don't have any pets and she she responds back she's like actually i do and i was like well then, I guess you don't love them. <laughs> I just walked back into my room. Oh my god. Yeah. Bravo. But yeah, so so she was no help, but I did decide then that I was going I opened the door to my room. I sat against the door so that I was kind of like in the doorway and would see every single person that passed by. And I was like, anyone that looks like they have any authority, I'm going to stop them and I'm going to tell them what I need. So a nurse actually came by. I explained what was going on, and luckily, unlike this tech, he actually had a small amount of compassion, like a human being. So he did go back and said, you know, like, I'm really not supposed to do this right now. You know, we're not supposed to give you any of your own stuff back. But um, I did tell people what was going on and convince them to give me the phone, your phone. So if you look up numbers of friends you think could help, we'll write them down and then call, you know, from our phone. So I was like, okay. So I actually did get a friend who agreed to come pick up my keys, feed my animals. This made me feel a million times better, even though I was still stuck in that hell. God bless that friend. God has blessed that friend. Yes. (laughs) But still, like, at this point, what time was it? On Saturday, because we went out on Friday, right? I went on Saturday night. Okay. So this was this was Sunday at about 4.35 in the afternoon. Oh my God. There was like a couple different sections where they had would have like several rooms for people like this. So there were three in my section and for some reason they were moving a couple of us to a different section. I think it might have been because of the woman that sounded like she was coughing up a lung every few seconds and came out and said like she'd coughed up blood a few times. Oh no. I think they might have moved us out because to not be around her. (laughs) But like at this point you're like okay when is this gonna end? We're getting shuffled around. I still don't know if I have Mm -hmm. a bed. Because it was in in that new room that's where we have the patient is pacing comment and that apparently (sighs) was made at 8 10 p.m. and yeah at that point I felt like by the time it got to like 9 30 10 at night I was just like well fuck, I guess I'm here for another night because I didn't imagine anything would be ready till the next day. Somehow, I guess it was. Maybe it's just like how long it takes them to clean a room after it's vacated Who or knows something. The yeah. Reasons. yeah, I just know that at 2.30 that 
morning. Then they came and got me and said, we have a bed for you. And I mean, like, I did not care that you woke me up in the middle of the night or anything. I was like, oh my God, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> let's just, let's do this. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. They took me to their actual psych hospital. They checked me in. Did you ride in an ambulance? No, I rode in an ambulance originally there, but they transport you. I don't know. I transported in like a hospital Jeep Cherokee or something like that. <laughs> hospital Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> Yes, some sort of SUV. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm just like trying to picture it. Yeah, so I got in there and, you know, they, they did all of their basic like check-in stuff. They weighed me, which of course I never tell anybody, you know, not to let me see it because I halfway don't give a shit and halfway feel like it's my right to know. Yeah. And so yes, being so miserable at that other place, I mean, I don't even feel, it, it's one of those things I'm always like curious, like after I experience it, where I'm just kind of like, that wasn't even like in an eating disorder way. I was just like, I was just losing weight without even trying to and not eating without even like trying to. I, I was going to ask actually, like if they were feeding you this whole time. Yes, but they'd bring in a meal in it all be in like, you know, little individual styrofoam packages. Usually I drank something off the tray to try and like stay vaguely hydrated yeah. because I was kind of, I recognized I was feeling miserable because of that, but um, I had no interest. Only one time did I even open one of the single packages. I usually just didn't even look at them. Yeah. I mean, understandably um, so. Eating disorder or not, that can't be a situation conducive to appetite. Yeah. The one time that I did for dinner, I... Did you ever watch the show Gossip Girl at all? No. Okay, because there's... I watched, like, the first season, I remember. And there's there's a scene there where there's a character, and I think she's being, like, a petulant little brat at the time, but they also, like, show later, like, she's had some eating issues in the, in the past. And, of course, you know, it's, like, a bunch of just kids with too much money for their own good is kind of the premise. And so, you know, it's, like, this beautiful catered breakfast, and her mom is... She's having, like, an argument with her mom, and her mom's like, well, you know, like, at least, like, eat something for breakfast. And she's also, she grabs, like, a blueberry and, like, just defiantly just, like, sticks it in her mouth and it's like, there. <laughs> and, that, there. And, so that, and that was what I, I kind of felt like I did because I, I opened the one that was supposed to be a small fruit cup. I didn't trust any of the melon pieces. They looked kind of old. The grapes looked good and fresh, but they only had two of them. Of course. So, yeah. I just picked up a grape and I popped it in my mouth and I was like, wow, I had a grape for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Time to let me out. Yep. Oh but anyway, God. yeah, so so I'm, I'm at the actual psych hospital and they actually, because I did go inpatient for the eating disorder once. Right. You've talked and, about it on the podcast. Yeah. And this place um, actually was slightly better when they have to do the all over body check. Oh, like checking the, to see if you've hurt yourself yeah, or whatever? Yeah, Because it's 2.30 in the morning. No one's really going to be awake. But, you know, just in case, you know, they had somebody holding up a big blanket in front of me. And the woman um, that was going to do the check was on the other side. And she's like, okay, you know, like, I want you to take your top off. And I want you to, you know, put your hands basically over your boobies. And then turn around so I can get a look. And then the same thing is then we did the pants. And she didn't even mention, you know, like underwear on was obviously fine. And it did remind me of when I went inpatient for the eating disorder, how that check went, which was they do take you into a private room, but they basically are just like, okay, take everything off in front of us while we stare at you. Yeah. And then sometimes you have to do it multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really dehumanizing. Yeah. So I really appreciated this at least little, like, we'll let you have a tiny bit of modesty. Yeah. After that, I went to sleep, woke up in the morning, and as soon as I was able to talk to any sort of staff, then I asked them, I was like, I really want to get out of here as fast as I can. What do I need to do? And they told me um, that first I would check in, like, with the nurse that had been assigned to me for that day. And you obviously need to talk to a psychiatrist because they will sign the actual orders and that they want you to talk to a caseworker before you leave. So pretty much from the morning, I saw that as three things. And I was like, okay, I have three things to get accomplished today. It's good to have a goal. Yes. (laughs) Oh, and another fun thing. When when I got checked in there, and I did find this looking at my case notes where I changed. Because when I came in and they gave the summary on me, then it always started out 42 year old female presenting with blah, 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 blah. 
And once I got to the ER holding room, then someone's case notes changed to 52-year-old male. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) And I did not know that part. I knew the age part because that's what, you know... I came in there and they're doing their the initial vitals and the, the body check and stuff like that. And the first thing is the night nurse comes up to me and she is this older woman, really soft spoken, I'd say with kind of like a sound like sort of Eastern European accent. And she's like, I have to ask you one thing. She's like, Are you really 52? And I was like, No. <laughs> and she's like, I was gonna say it. She's like, yes. The best looking person for their age I've ever seen. Oh my god. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a joke at this point. You know, you can't even get my my age or my gender. Well, yeah, and when I found out that I also was being told I was a male. I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I know we're laughing and joking and stuff, but, you know, it, it's a serious episode and it, it's really alarming that that kind of stuff happens. True. Yeah. At that point, all you can do is laugh. But it's Exactly. I was like, I appreciate the giving me, you know, something to smile about for a minute, even though it's terrible. So so at this point, it's Sunday afternoon? Or are you on, on Monday at this point? Monday. Yeah. Oh um, right, right after I got a friend to watch my animals, I realized like, well, I have no reason to think I'm getting out of here in time to go to work. So I called work and I just kind of told them like, Hey, some sort of emergency came up that I wasn't really expecting, and it looks like I'm going to have to deal with it um, tomorrow, so I'm going to have to use one of my PTO days tomorrow. And I was like, I'll, I'll just call and keep you informed if anything changes. Also, the two episodes ago where we talk about employee relations, you said that, like, luckily this is a job that you haven't had to, like, disappear from. I know! <laughs> I feel like you jinxed yourself. True, but I also did feel like I was really clearly doing my best to make it look like a regular thing. Like, people miss work sometimes. No, you handled it really well, and, you know, they don't need any more information than what you gave them. Right. Honestly. Okay, so, sorry, continue with your story. Yeah, but I was worried, especially when I wasn't sure that I was ever getting out of that holding cell. I was like, if I have to call them again and be like, I'm going to miss Tuesday, I don't know, possibly as much as Thursday, then I'm like, at that point, yeah, get a doctor's note or something. I'm like, shit. So luckily it didn't come to that. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, and I hate that you're even thinking about work at that time. I mean, how could you not? Mm -hmm. It's just another thing to put on the pile of shit that you're dealing with. Right. Um, So the, the nurses were on the unit, so I was easily able, you know, like, they checked in with everybody right away. So I was able to get that part, and I felt like, you know, this is the first person that's listened to me and is really understanding where I'm coming from at this point, saying, like, I am fine to go home. I am worried about missing too much work. I am worried about being away from my animals. Obviously, I am so concerned about my animals' life right now that why would I hurt myself? Because then I couldn't take care of them. So, you know. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Like, once I started talking to people in the unit, they were all in agreement. They were just like, yes, you know, you seem to be pretty sure of yourself and calm, making sense. I also got called flat effect, cooperative, and in denial. <laughs> Wait, what? what? What does that first thing even mean? Flat effect? I, I think that means I can sometimes tend to have a very sort of like monotone voice. Oh, like flat effect. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Affect, okay. A- not effect. Okay. okay. Yes. We're on the same page. Yeah. So they were like, oh, you know, she's not a danger to herself. Or yeah. Other. She, what, did, what word did they use in the notes earlier? Stable. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Oh, yeah. Stable, calm, and collected. What a joke. <laughs> At this point, though, that was kind of interesting because I felt like they were seeing the things that I was like, are not necessarily positive, but how I was dealing. Because I was just like, yes, I am going to be very emotionless because I don't want you to see me as too emotionless. Oh, <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about like your reflections on it and how you're feeling and all that. But the biggest joke of all is just like you're shutting off your emotions to deal with the situation you mm-hmm. got in because you were having too many emotions. Yeah. And then it's like, how what, what good has this actually done? Right. Yeah. So the next person that I felt like I should talk to needed to talk to was a psychiatrist. 
And I love this because at this point I was on a mission. I actually hunted her down because I saw someone, you know, in an actual like medical coat versus, you know, just kind of like general clothing. And I was like, okay, so she's, she's probably the doctor. And then I saw her kind of like going down the hall and looking in the rooms. And I know I <laughs> like yelled after her. I was like, who are you looking for? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, lady. Yeah. (laughs) And then she's like, Lauren. And I was like, sweet, that's me. Let's go. (laughs) Hey, sometimes you got to be proactive. Exactly. I was not going to let her go if she was looking for me and thought like, I can't find her. Guess I'll look later. So yeah, that was my thing. I hate that you had to do that. Like, what if you're in a situation where you can't be your own advocate? Mm Mm-hmm. So I talked to her and yes, I could tell like she was very much in agreement. She's like, yeah, we, we could release you today. We, you know, we, we just, we want you to talk to a caseworker. We want to make sure, you know, like we have to confirm things like you don't have access to guns at home. They ask a few things like that. Right. They have to. Yeah. I was like, okay. But so it sounds like very likely I'm getting out of here tonight. That is good. And she, maybe it's why she's the doctor. (laughs) Her notes, I feel like were the most accurate just to me in general, just because of where she says patient is cooperative. She is guarded and minimizing Hmm. speech, clear thoughts, linear. And I was like, yep. All right. I've been accused of that very often. And I know, especially the minimizing I do a lot. And some of these too, this was another one that I liked looking at the notes is when I came in, you know, they have to comment on your appearance, apparently. And oh. yeah, and the, peer- the appearance in the beginning is all like, very good hygiene, well-groomed and clean. And after I had, first of all, been in that holding cell for 28 hours or whatever, and then been moved in the middle of the night and stuff like that, then I'm starting to get things like, appear stated age, somewhat disheveled. <laughs> of course I am. What, I what do they expect? Yeah. Like a full I, face of makeup, a fresh outfit. I, I like, know. I'm like, I'm still wearing the scrubs that you gave me two days ago. I haven't had a hairbrush in two days. What? Oh, this whole thing is oh, such a joke. I'm, I'm actually getting angry. <laughs> As you should. Yeah. Oh, so you talked to the doctor, finally. Yeah. And then I went down for lunch, and when I came up, then there were caseworkers in and out. So I was like hoping, I was like, please, one of them call me. And they did soon, and I talked to her. And that was basically, I guess, just to get all of their discharge stuff separate. She gave me, you know, like some mental health recommendations because I am currently not seeing a therapist because that's gone kind of badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, made sure that I had an appointment set up with my psychiatrist as soon as possible. And the last thing, yeah, is they have to get kind of like the assurance. So we called my friend who was taking care of my animals. And it's on speakerphone, so I'm listening, but I know I, I was really kind of concerned for a moment because, you know, first they call and they're like, do you think like basically it's that, that Lauren can keep herself safe if we send her home? And I was just like, damn it, bitch, you better say yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, she hasn't seen me. She hasn't talked to me or anything. I'm like, so she hasn't seen like the progression. How, she yeah, just has she to could guess. be anyone. Like, how do they yeah. know? And she just has to guess and hope. Like, I, I hope so, you know? Oh my god, what a mess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that poor girl. <laughs> but yeah, so she did say yes, and you know, and she confirmed the, the obvious things, like I don't have guns in my house, you know, she's pretty certain of that, which is true. And then she offered to come pick me up too, which is very oh, nice. What an angel. Yes, she was she was perfect. And yeah, that's that's about it. I got home around like five thirty. Pico leapt into my arms and <laughs> oh. We had the most epic of snuggle fests and being, you know, constantly surrounded by my meatball too, you know, rubbing up against me. And I was just loving on both my boys. I, I, first of all, I'm really sorry that that happened to you. Like, I, I hate that it happened to you. I'm glad that you, I have mixed emotions as I'm sure you do. Yeah. tell, Tell me what you're feeling after all of this is said and done. Like, tell me, tell the listeners like why you're sharing this story and like, what you took away from it, I guess. As I said earlier, I actually spent the most hours in that ER room. That was the worst. It just, it was done so badly. I mean, I'm, I'm looking over my notes. Something that I also forgot to mention is I kept telling people, because they would always ask, you know, are you on any medications right now? And I would say, yes, because right now I am on Wellbutrin and Lexapro. And I would be like, I take one in the morning and I take one at night and I take, you know, this milligrams. So they obviously wanted to know, but from the time I came in 
until I finally asked, I think after I talked to the psychiatrist, so the middle of the day on Monday is when I was just like, I haven't had any of my meds yet. I've missed two oh, doses of each. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. That's so irresponsible on their part. Exactly. That's what, what I fuck? thought. People can die the, from that. I know. I mean, by the time I was telling her, that's what I said is I was just like, I actually feel um, pretty lucky because I have had to or accidentally gone cold turkey off of uh, antidepressants before and it's had some really messed up effects on me and this time luckily I actually hadn't noticed I mean I knew I wasn't getting them and I'd think of that sometimes and be angry about it but I didn't notice until before I met with her and then I was just like I'm starting to feel really weird right now and she's like okay yeah and that's why she was like yeah okay well we'll make sure we'll we'll get that right away and within like an hour then yeah I had a dose of what I needed. I'm just, so. again, you shouldn't have to be your own advocate when you're at like a really low point like that and vulnerable. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be up to you to make sure that you get what you need. Yeah. I feel like seeing all of the people that were in there with me, a lot of them, I feel like probably would not be as able to advocate for themselves or no. as clear thinking or as well-spoken, you know? So yeah. It's a travesty. Yeah, it's just lucky I'm that sort of person and I was actually in a decent spot at that point so I could do that. What about the original feelings that led to all this shit happening? How are you feeling now, having gone through all that? Do you feel... I mean, I'm sure you don't feel better. Not necessarily. Um, I did feel, I think, a little better, I noticed, and I also chalked that up to when I would feel like not quite as bad as the week before was when I was doing things like feeding my pets and walking Pico and I was like I think maybe I'm just getting a little more enjoyment out of my animals now Hmm. maybe because I was forced to live without it (laughs) but what a way to arrive at that feeling like yeah yeah I was like they were always a good point just in my life I just feel like yeah maybe I'm just like it's (sighs) noticing it a little more right now but um I did have a appointment with my dietitian who I might have mentioned before, since I am sans therapist right now, a reason that I feel like I keep seeing her is because she almost kind of doubles. I feel like I get half a therapy appointment and half a dietitian appointment. So while I have nothing else, it's really important to me to keep seeing her. Yeah, for sure. She's like, I'm worried that you will be less likely to do the things you did in the beginning, like to try and do something good to reach out to friends for help, because it was a friend that called on me. Yeah. And I thought about it, and I was like, well, I don't think that's the case. I don't think I'd be afraid to reach out to people still, but I do think I'd be very, very guarded in what I said. Yeah. I might not tell them the whole truth. You know, I might like reach out to someone if they're like, sorry, I can't be like, oh, that's fine. I get it. And yeah. And that's something that a lot of our listeners can probably relate to. Like, you don't want to say too much, but you also don't want to say nothing when you're in a spot like that. So like. Yeah. And that's the part that makes me especially angry thinking about how that first part went is because the main reason for that is I would never want to be stuck 24 plus hours in a room like that again. No. I hate that you went through that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you feel like anything good did come out of it? I mean, you know, appreciating your pets more, maybe. Yeah. You know, you got, you're talking to your psychiatrist about maybe some changes, I can imagine. Well, I haven't talked to her yet. That'll be early next week, though. I'm hoping that will be good. I feel like she kept kind of pushing, like bumping up one of the meds. And I know, like, I appreciate that she likes to not make like drastic changes all the time. If something you feel like is maybe helping, you know, we'll just kind of keep slowly increasing to see if we can get it better first. You know, like that all makes sense. But I felt like she kind of maybe wasn't getting the picture when I, like the one that she kept increasing saying, I don't think that's really making any change. Like the first one I'm on had a moderate effect and we're trying to find something to kind of like amplify it, I guess. Moral of the story, maybe listen to your patients. Yeah, because I felt like, I'm not sure that it's really yeah doing that. And she was still just like, well, we can go a little higher still. And I'm like, okay. And that, this time I'm going to tell her, I'm going to be like, so I had to go without all of my meds for, yeah, two days. And so just so you know, I determined, you know what? That one was not doing anything for me for a couple days. I've taken the lowest dose of it to maybe help myself ease off a little more, but I'm just going to be like, I pretty much already got myself off of that. Let's, let's do something else. All right. So I guess that's one silver lining. 
Mm-hmm. But still, like, I hate the, that you had to go through that to come to that conclusion where they just could have maybe listened to you. Right. I mean, hindsight's <laughs> 50-50 and all that jazz. And I kind of hate that I couldn't even know it and tell her and, you know, like, have her recommendation for how to get off it that I kind of just got forcefully taken off. Yeah. Like, that's one of the worst things. I'm just like... That might be that the That still most... makes me shake my head. I'm just kind of like... <laughs> that's the worst part of the story, I feel like. Because, you again, it, that going off meds cold turkey mm-hmm. can lead to death. Yeah, and, like, any sort of psychiatric help that I've sought, how much do they always harp on it? Like, you know, if this isn't working or, you know, you don't like the side effects, contact me. Don't just go off it. <laughs> I'm glad you're telling this story because, like we said, you know, we want to tell everyone what we're going through in our personal lives. And if Mm -hmm. we're struggling, like, you're going to hear about it. That's very important to both of us. But also, I think people need to know that this kind of stuff can happen. Like, you can't always expect to get help and be, like, helped, unfortunately. I understand people being understaffed and things in general, but maybe they need a little extra training I just feel like there's clearly some work to be done in these ER behavioral rooms 100 (laughs) percent and I mean there there is an episode I want to do in the future where we talk Mm -hmm. about the new 988 mental health crisis number yeah 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 so like there are things that are being done about this but not as fast as it needs to and it's not gonna be available to everyone different states have different resources like if you're in the U.S. and it's just it's just a mess Mm-hmm. And it's going to be hard sometimes and you're going to feel like you don't, like you're being punished for asking for help. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or but like I, you're being punished for, yeah, existing. But I want to say like to you, Lauren, like I'm very proud of you for how you handled it. Like you did the best you could under the circumstances and it, it didn't play out like you wanted, but I'm still proud of you for doing what you did and talking about it now like it's very brave and I hope it gets better honestly I hope other people got something out of that I just felt like it was a good experience to share yeah thank you so So, yeah (laughs) now that we have just talked all serious it it was very good it was very important but I was like oh that was one of our least fun episodes (laughs) like it was just serious talk 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 so on the heels of that heavy episode I have my first of my, our new favorite segment, the Pickle Palette Cleanser. Yes, I'm so excited. Okay, so I found Mad Lips. Oh my god, I love Mad Lips! <laughs> and I found two that I really enjoyed. I, I folded the sheet over, even though I'd read it once, so I couldn't look at the actual story, and I filled both of them out myself. Oh my god. And so I am going to, I want to give you some sort of choice, but I want it to be like, I don't want to say like, choose day or night for you to choose or choose one or two. I want it to be something really neutral. Okay. um, Maybe colors. Oh, 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 uh, oh, oh, I got it. Um, (laughs) Two things that I feel like are equally horrible things. So I don't think you're choosing which one is more horrible. Um, depending which item you choose uh, will depend which Mad Lib you get to do. And then I will read mine for the other one. Okay, sounds good. So you are choosing between Donald Trump and the Westboro Baptist Church. Fuck. <laughs> well, I have a lot of religious trauma, so I'm going to go with the, the Westboro Baptist Church. All right. You know, let's make it personal. Did I, did I do a good job coming up with two equally terrible things? Y- yes, you did too good of a job, I would argue. <laughs> also, this has really piqued my interest. I can't possibly imagine what's about to happen. It's not related to either of those things. I just put oh. like, I, I just, yeah, I just like randomly labeled each one. So All right. Well, I hope I made the right choice. Let's go. First, I need an adjective. An adjective? Sloppy. And I need a verb ending in ed. Uh-huh. Um, vomited. <laughs> okay. <laughs> of course. Uh, a plural noun. Cats. <laughs> I laugh because I think there's cats in my story, too. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Is there also uh, vomit? <laughs> I don't think there's vomit, actually. Um, a liquid. Beer. Oh, my God. What? Are you the same? Oh, nope. I used that somewhere else. I was like, I use beer too. Oh my god. <laughs> um, another plural noun. Um, let's go with Jeeps. Cool. Throwback to the, the hospital Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> You're right. A famous person. Fuck it. Donald Trump. 
Imagine where this is going. I'm so excited. It's gonna, it's gonna be fantastic. You're, you're just gonna be excited as soon as you hear the, uh, the title. A place, Middle Earth. Ooh, okay. Oh, I hope Donald Trump doesn't go to Middle Earth. I don't think he does. An occupation. Let's go with mortician. Cool. Shout out to Alyssa on the last episode. Yes. Another callback. Um, a noun. Sofa. Because I'm shopping for sofas right now, and all I can think about is sofas. Apparently. This is supposed to be, I'm reading, I think it's supposed to probably be a plural noun. So oh, a plural sofas. noun? Sofas. sofas. Yeah. I, well, they, they had noun, but I feel like it reads plural. Um, a nationality. Cuban. A male celebrity. Ryan Gosling. A noun. Alien. A female friend. Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> I put you when I was filling this out, too. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> a plural noun plants okay almost done a number three okay and an adjective oh i want to make it really a really good one um yes last one regrettable (laughs) it's only fitting (laughs) yes okay i'm gonna make you wait a little more because Ah! first i'm gonna read the one that i filled out okay so what you did not choose which would be um the the donald trump choice okay is being famous <laughs> oh that's the title of it being famous yes oh my god here is my take on being famous today i went out of my cigarette to go hoovering and was mobbed by a huge crowd of kangaroos that sounds not terrifying exactly but <laughs> confusing yes i fainted to get out of there as fast as i could <laughs> you know, fair response <laughs> I I met up with Jennifer Lawrence and we went to eat at Chili's. We left there and went to the steamboat and saw something amazing. It was a large, creepy sandwich. <laughs> oh my god, that's like the quiz we did on the last episode. Was it a terrible sandwich? Just creepy. All right. <laughs> and we were in awe. Next. Of the sandwich. <laughs> well, if you hear this next sentence, you'll see why. Uh, next. My olives came up to me and asked for my autograph. (laughs) Maybe they heard that you don't like olives on pizza. Yes. And I gladly did so. (laughs) Uh, Jennifer Lawrence and I went to my prairie and had a sleepover. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. We we ate M&Ms and milkshakes. We watched space balls and played chess. Photographers tried to take pictures of us, but my nail polish kept them away. (laughs) We had lots of fun, and we frisked all night long. Oh. I mean, she, she's hot. I mean, I, I would say. frisk Jennifer Lawrence, maybe. Yeah. I was like, I'm not against it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, are you ready for yours? Oh, I'm still processing yours. What was on the nail polish that made them, that made the reporters afraid? Was it? No, but it kept them away. You know, in the movie Holes, have you seen that? Or I haven't. Oh, no. This woman has nail polish that's made out of rattlesnake venom, and it literally poisons Ooh. people. So maybe oh. something like that. Yeah, that could do Okay, it. read me mine. Read me mine. Okay. I, I also understood why I had a creepy sandwich once I realized the olives were asking for my autograph. Oh, yeah. It, it was <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So you filled out a personal ad. Oh, my God. This is going to be so good. Oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> I enjoy long, sloppy walks on the beach and getting vomited on in the rain. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm the only one allowed to do any vomiting. No one, if someone vomited on me, sorry, continue. No. (laughs) Yours is I mean, it's sloppy. It is sloppy. So getting vomited on in the rain and serendipitous encounters with cats. I, I do enjoy that. That's I, that's I true also. I believe that's kind of how you got your cats, as you described in our pet episode. Listen to that. Yes. <laughs> I really like pina coladas mixed with beer. I mean, uh, if you're, if you're going to fall off the wagon, you might as well do it all the way. <laughs> you don't mix beer and liquor. Everyone knows that. That's true. Maybe, maybe it's a version pina colada, but with beer. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> To defeat the purpose. Continue. <laughs> okay. And romantic candlelit Jeeps. Yeah, I, I could go for that. Sure. I just want someone to give me a Jeep, mostly. I, I don't have a yeah. car, so anything sounds oh, good. Oh, yeah, yeah. I am well-read from Dr. Seuss to Donald Trump. 
Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my dad actually has one of his books. Ew. And it's it's sitting on his dresser every time I go to their house, and I, I can't say I'll ever read it. Not even satirically. It just well, you know. At least I'm positive that he probably did not actually write a book. It's a ghostwriter. Oh, ob- I can't... yeah. Because I can't imagine him having the capacity to write. All right, let's end this part. Yeah. Okay, going. okay, yes. Um, <laughs> yes, totally unrelated. You know, luckily I said he's not there. I travel frequently, especially to Middle Earth. What I am not busy with work. I'm a mortician. Oh, your friend's going to be jealous. <laughs> I sound kind of cool in this. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I like this. I am looking for sofas and beauty in the form <gasps> of a Cuban god. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate it. All right. He should have the physique of Ryan Gosling and the alien of Lauren. (laughs) I don't even know what that would look like. Me neither. Um, Apparently I have an alien and you want your future beau to also have it. My future god, you mean? (laughs) Yes. I have a beau. I don't have a god. So Yeah. (laughs) I'm taking notes. Good point. Okay. I would prefer if he knew how to cook, clean, and wash my plants. Yeah, I have fake plants. I, I do have to dust okay. them from oh, time to yeah. time. So. I know I am not that attractive in my picture, but it was taken three days ago, and I have <laughs> since become more regrettable. <laughs> there oh you go. <laughs> I love it so much. I want to do more Mad Libs now. This is my favorite one yet. Yeah, I, I found a site, and it had like 500 of them. And I mean... A lot of them I didn't like because a lot of them were actual movie speeches that you fill in and things like that. Yeah. But there were a fair amount like this, so there were, there were a lot still left. <laughs> we're going to have to find some new ones for future pickle palate <laughs> cleansers, I guess. Well, that was fun. Um, yep. it, it was a fun end to a very serious episode. And mm-hmm. for concerned listeners, I mean, I feel like people are going to be worried about you. Yeah, I mean, I didn't come out magically better, but I'm still trying to do what I feel like I need to. You know, like I said, I saw my dietician. I wasn't supposed to till the next week, but knowing she'd kind of offer that therapy spot as well, I asked if we could move it up. She said yes. We moved my my psychiatry appointment up as, as close as we could. I went to an online support group this week that I had been ignoring for a while because I didn't feel like I was seeking support or yeah. interested in seeking support. And also, um, a big thing is my friend that took me home because, as I said from the very beginning, I'd made this comment, I never actually was planning to do the act. She was just kind of like, is there anything, you know, like, that I can do to know that you are safer, at least? And I had thought about it, and I said, yeah, um, I can't give you the medication I was thinking of taking because it's one that I'm on regularly, so I, uh, like, need it. Yeah. But... But um, the reason that I have so much is at one point I was, oh, there goes meatball, meatball. spicy meatball. <laughs> um, I said at, at one point I was, you know, I, I needed to increase, but I was apprehensive about doubling it so soon. And so my doctor had said, well, you know, like I can give you a lower dose to add on, but they don't have, you know, I'm taking extended release. And she's like, they only have it in immediate release. So I said, fine. And, you know, and I gave that a little uh, try in the beginning and learned that I hated the immediate release. I was like, I would rather take more of the extended (laughs) than than bump up like this. Uh, But so because of that, I mean, I had almost a 90 day supply of the immediate release because I did not like it. Oh, yeah. So that's what I told my friend is I was like, I I never am going to want to take these so I can, you know, give you that whole bottle to dispose of. Just keep what I actually need to be on every day. (laughs) Well, that's that's a start. And, you mm-hmm. know, I, I see you as being very proactive about all this stuff. Like, I, you might feel like nothing really happened, but it happened and you're learning from it. And I'm proud of you for talking about it. Like I said, oh, thank you. <laughs> well, that is Lauren's story of being in the psych ward all weekend. Hopefully I never have a part two to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, we will be seeing everyone next week for the usual scheduled program, maybe with a guest. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, we will be having a guest on the next episode. Uh, Ooh, first baby, guest together. Baby host first guest. Yes, it's going to be really fun. So tune back in and leave a little 
comment on our Instagram if you so desire um, at Pickles and Vodka Podcast. We check there all the time, even mm-hmm. though I'm not very good at responding to things right away. But I already gave my um, Lauren Rambles promotions in the <laughs> in the earlier record we did today. So just subscribe, reviews, yes. give us reviews. Comment. Yeah, share, share your own do it. Psychor horror stories. <laughs> yes, you know maybe we'll do we'll do a part yeah. two about yours. Feel free to leave comments and voicemails on that. We might yeah, yeah. do something with that. Tell Lauren how awesome she is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, with that said, see y'all next time. Bye. Bye.